listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. What I wanted to talk to you about today, very interesting principle. I was, um, I really, if you guys follow our ministry, then you'll know that since, um, I'd say the fall, since the fall, I've been preaching this word that the Lord gave me on divine possession and, um, ownership. We've been talking about it for the year of 2022. We'll go where we've never gone. We'll do what we've never done. We'll have what we've never had. And um, I was preaching that from Joshua 3, as you guys remember. And uh, I I saw something recently that I had never seen in all the months since we started talking about it. And I was preaching in February uh, at the end during the Signs and Wonders camp meeting. And this just like popped out of my spirit. And the Lord showed me something by the Holy Ghost. And so <clears throat> it's, it's what I wanted to, to share with you today. Uh, regarding how your manifestation actually works and comes to pass and why people miss, why people miss the manifestation God has for them. But I wanted you to go with me to, um, again, Joshua chapter three, because this is, this has never left my spirit since we've started uh, the year, because this is our word for the year. Um, but of course, you know where we've been preaching it. Joshua three, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River uh, and it's impossible looking because it's the harvest season and the, the river's overflowing its banks. It's a mighty rushing river. And um, the Bible says that uh, God was going to do wonders among his people. So Joshua tell, told the people, consecrate yourselves. Tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders among you. And so they did. But look at verse six. Joshua told the priests, pick up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they did that. Right, and, and they stand out in the middle of the riverbed. The river parts. They're all walking across on dry ground. But here's the part that hit me that I had not really done, like gone into deeply. Uh, but the Lord showed me something. So that, that when they obeyed the word of the Lord, the Bible says um, that when they begin to cross, Verse 23 says it this way. And the people crossed the river opposite Jericho. That one short verse really struck me. And you guys have probably heard me mentioning this, but it, it struck me hard about how your manifestations continue to work. And they it's like they compound on top of each other. And uh, the Bible says here, and... People crossed the river opposite Jericho. It's interesting to me because um, as the Lord just like, and I wasn't, I didn't study this. Like I wasn't studying this. It was like, as I was preaching, the Holy Spirit showed me this. And um, you see that as they're crossing, this is Joshua three, they're looking straight ahead. And what do they see? They see the city of Jericho straight, straight ahead of them. And um, it's not until we get to Joshua chapter six 
that they're marching around Jericho and Jericho's walls uh, fall. Uh, we're looking at Joshua chapter three. I think that's Aaron. Uh, Joshua chapter three and verse 23. The people cross the river opposite Jericho. So at, think about it. As they go across, they're looking at Jericho, the city, as they're crossing the Jordan River. Here's what's so mind-blowing about it, is that they are currently in the middle of a miracle, right? They're in the middle of a miracle, and as they're going across, the Lord puts in their eyes, in their vision, a glimpse of their next miracle, which was the walls of Jericho coming down. So how amazing is this, that they're in the middle of a supernatural move of God, that this something that does not happen, the water folded back on itself and flowed in the other direction. And they go across on dry ground with their eyes looking at the city of Jericho. And they'd not yet marched around it. They'd not yet shouted, none of that. But God's letting them look at it. He's letting them see it as he's working another miracle in the nation of Israel. Well, by the time we get over to Joshua chapter six, where they have instructions uh, to um, march around the walls. I'll actually go to chapter six. The Bible says in the first verse, Jericho was shut tightly because of the Israelites and no one was allowed to leave or enter. And the Lord told Joshua, see, I'm about to defeat Jericho for you, along with its king and its warriors. And then what did he give them? Prophetic instruction. Have all the warriors march around the city one time and do this for six days and have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the horns. And when you hear the signal from the ram's horn, have the whole army give a loud battle cry and the city wall will collapse and the warriors should charge straight ahead. So that's what happened. But notice this. We have this, uh, I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was joking it a little bit last night. We have this mindset like, um, <laughs> like some of these songs that we're singing. I was kind of making fun of the, the lyrics of the song a little bit, you know, walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall, you know, and starting to realize like that's not the mindset they were in. They weren't just like marching around Jericho, looking up wistfully, wondering, you know, why have these walls not yet fallen? Do you realize none of the Israelites expected the walls to fall on the first day or the second day or the third day. They were still faithful to do what they were supposed to do. They walked. They walked once around the walls each day, but they weren't looking up and thinking, I don't know why these walls haven't fallen yet. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> That's not what they were thinking. They knew what the prophetic instruction was from the Lord, that what we're supposed to do for six days in a row and then we know what we're supposed to do on the seventh day. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't a secret. It was known. It was known. And so they were 
marching in obedience to a prophetic word from God. And as they were marching in obedience from a prophetic word from God, uh, they weren't, they stayed in faith. They knew that they knew what they were about to do and they knew what God was going to do because he already told them. <laughs> he already told them what he was going to do. So they're marching around, marching around. And then each day they're done. Next day, obedience, they're done. Next day, obedience, they're done. Until they got to the seventh day and they marched around seven times. The priests blew the ram's horns. They shouted and what happened? The walls came down. Something the Lord showed me that I never really uh, had seen before that really stirred my faith was that uh, every day, now think about this, they had seen Jericho as they were crossing the Jordan River miraculously on dry ground. They're looking forward, they see it. And they, they're, they've got it in their eyes, they've got it in their spirit. But when they get there and God says, march around the walls, well, I'm sure the walls were extremely impressive. History tells us that there were such thick walls that you could run chariot races on the top of them uh, with chariots side by side by side. They were thick walls. And I'm sure they looked impressive and strong. I'm sure the city was extremely fortified, but none of that matters. As they came around the city each day, every time they'd come around the city, guess what would come back into their view? Guess what would have had to come back into their vision? The Jordan River. Think about how miraculous that is. That as they're in the middle of believing God for the next miracle, their vision, look, goes back to their previous miracle, the Jordan River. And here they are marching around the walls. They come around the side and then back towards, because remember, the Bible says they crossed over the Jordan opposite Jericho. So they were coming across toward Jericho. So every time they came around Jericho's walls, they had a vision and a view again of the Jordan River. It's almost like God reminding them, don't forget, I did that for you. I did that for you. Remember when you were standing in the middle of the riverbed and it was dry ground and I supernaturally made the water flow in another direction. Don't forget. Don't forget what I did for you. Don't forget how I moved on your behalf. Don't, don't forget how I brought you out of Egypt. Don't forget how I brought you through the Red Sea. Don't forget how I destroyed Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his soldiers. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And so every time they march around what's going to be their next miracle, they come back to a view, a vision of what God did previously. And this, this is a very important thing that I want to get into your spirit today. And that is this, that as you're believing for manifestations, your focus will definitely matter when it comes to the manifestations in your life, ministry, business, family, whatever. Your focus makes all the difference. It is your focus that determines what you get in life. And I'll break this down for you. Your focus is the element that causes you to uh, either have manifestations of the wrong thing or the right thing. And there's a lot of people that are not having the right biblical manifestations in their life because of what they've allowed themselves to constantly focus on. And I'm just gonna be very honest with you. You'll get what you focus on. 
you'll get what you focus on. That's not a new age principle. You know, people act like that's some kind of a self-help or new age principle or, you know, the law of attraction. It's not. That's biblical to the core. You'll get what you focus on. You'll get what you focus on. Because why do you think <clears throat> Paul had so much to say in the word of God? Good morning, Denise. Why do you think Paul had so much to say in the word of God about how we were to set our minds? Yeah, put it in the comments, those of you that are that are watching. Put it in the comments. You'll get what you focus on. Write that in the chat. You'll get what you focus on. Why do you think Paul had so much to say about how we set our minds, what we think upon, what we meditate upon? Paul had a lot to say about that. Set your minds on things above, not on things of this earth, right? You take control. In one place, he said, we take every thought captive, make it obey Jesus Christ. So there's a lot to be said about your soul, the soul realm. I've explained it many times because we understand that we are three-part beings, right? We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. We are a spirit. We have a soul that is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. So <clears throat> your flesh always wants to do, morning, Lena, your flesh always wants to do what is pleasing to the carnal nature of your body. Your spirit, though, always wants to do what's pleasing to the Lord. It's been re renewed and regenerated. It always wants to please the Lord. And by the way, take a minute to share the broadcast if you've not done so. Um, your spirit always wants to please the Lord. But then right in the middle of those two is your soul, the soul realm, the mind, the will, the emotions, right in the middle. And there's a battle going on because we there are people that re literally refuse to renew their minds. They literally refuse to renew their minds. And that's a problem. Um, let, let, me, let me read to you Romans chapter 12. Uh, and I'll read you verses one and two. It says, therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says in verse two, do not be conformed to this present world but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. So notice this, if Paul's writing here, if you don't renew your mind, then you will be conformed to this present world. You will be. There are woke churches and woke preachers that are literally conforming fully to the spirit of this world, to uh, this, this anti-Christ agenda. There are woke preachers and woke churches that, have, that are explaining away uh, the Bible, 
that are ordaining homosexuals, uh, you know, that are performing same-sex marriages, all these different things. All these different things are happening. There's the, the woke movement. Let me tell you something. They have not continued in the strength of God's word and the reason they're being conformed to the world, they've not renewed their minds. They've not presented themselves as a sacrifice. They're not following the written word of God. And so as a result, they are being destroyed. They are being destroyed. Woke, sissy, it's like an ultra-liberal uh, mindset. It's really an anti-Christ mindset. It's everything that you see going on in our culture today. And so, because they don't renew their minds, because they, what's end up, they're in the process of God doing what he said he did in Romans chapter one, giving them over to the, their own passions and giving them over to their own perversions and then no longer striving with them. And so it's, it's a dangerous thing when you don't guard your focus because it does determine your manifestations in your life. It absolutely does. So Paul is saying that with your, your second part being, which is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that as you focus on what is right, what is pure, what is holy, think upon these things. If there's any praise, if there's any virtue, right? Think on these things. What happens when you do that is that it puts your mind in a position to side with your spirit man who already wants to please God and to reject the desires of your flesh nature, which wants to do what is carnal, wants to do what is pleasing to the flesh. And so by the renewal of your mind, you're empowered. So what does that mean? Well, that right there is the change of my focus. That's the change of my focus. And that's why we have so many things that are, uh, that we're commanded in scripture that are straight up choices, straight up choices. So you look at, look at the fruit of the spirit, as I've taught many times, they are choices. They're choices. You don't, you don't sit around and say, well, one day God's going to make me walk in love. One day he's going to make me walk in joy and peace. One day he's going to give me self-control. No, all of the fruit of the spirit are choices and that we are commanded to take and commanded to act those out in our lives. Well, what ends up happening is, is that when you choose to make those choices, when you act on those choices, you are changing the focus of your life. And when you change the focus of your life, it's changing the manifestations of your life. It always blows my mind that there are people who, uh, they can never understand why they're always in in this uh, state of heaviness, anxiety. They, they can never find out why they're in, in this state of, uh, you know, whatever it might be, loneliness, weakness. But in reality, you've been empowered to change that. You've been empowered to change that. You've been empowered to walk in the joy of the Lord, in the peace of God that passes all understanding that you have, you've been called to be fulfilled by the power of God. Gina said it, once I realized joy was a choice, life changed, absolutely. You can change your focus. You can change your actions, which changes your focus. And then your manifestations begin to change. And what's taking place in your life begins to line up with God's word. Why? Because as you walk in these choices, it perpetuates the blessing of heaven in your life. It's perpetual. It's always, it's a never ending system of God's blessing, goodness, mercy, favor, following you. So once you, for example, let me give you an example. There are people 
who uh, they battle, you know, different things in their mind. Like for example, they're always battling, well, it's an inward focus. So it's like, they feel bad for themselves. There's there's a, a an inner sadness that never leaves. There's a, uh, then it turns into a heaviness. It's an oppression. People don't leave the house. All these things compound. And you think to yourself, man, I really, I really wish that person didn't go through that. But what, what if these Christians who uh, were going through this took the time to actually do what the Bible says to do and to set their focus on the things that God has already done for them? And then they begin to spend a good amount of time thanking him and praising him and worshiping him for the things that he's done in their lives. Even if they just start with their salvation, even if they, they just start with the fact that they're still alive, that they're not dead in a ditch somewhere, they're not dead in a hospital somewhere, that they're living today, breathing breath, that they're saved and on their way to heaven. That's enough, you could take an hour a day just to praise for those two things and worship and, and thank God for those two things alone. And, uh, and, and so what are you doing? You're changing your focus on the things that are bothering you, the things that are causing you heaviness, causing you anxiety. You're flipping the focus to the things that uh, God has already done for you. See, that's why I started with this story about how God put their eyes on something ahead of time. And once God put their eyes on something, he kept it in their spirit. It's almost like it's burnt into your spirit what God has done. So that when you're believing for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, that thing that's in your spirit, you can look back and say, man, God did that. Rather than being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's not happening yet. No, just praise God that he's the miracle worker. Praise God that he's the miracle worker. Praise God that he's the one that's making these things come to pass. Well, when you change your focus from inwardly, I'm, you know, I'm lonely, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm all, I'm heavy and you change it to thankfulness, worship, praise. Let me tell you something, that does something to you inwardly, changes you. So now, instead of sitting around in that uh, spirit of heaviness, good morning, Hope, instead of you sit, sitting around a spirit of heaviness, uh, loneliness, instead of you sitting around in anxiety or depression, whatever those things might be, what ends up taking place instead is because you changed your focus and your actions, the actions of your focus, now you are activating God's power in your life. And now that you're activating God's power in your life, it's provoking the very thing you were lacking. Think about it now. It's provoking the very thing you were lacking. Glory to God. It's provoking the very thing you were lacking. So you were lacking peace, and now peace is coming in because his presence is activated. You were you were uh, lacking uh, joy. You were lacking um, strength. Now it's back. That's a good point, Mike. Everybody deals with something throughout their life, but you're not called to uh, set up camp in that, in the stuff you're dealing with, or set up shop, live there. You're not called to live there. You go through in victory. You overcome. You don't stay there. And I've watched as people have stayed there for many, many years. That's right, Lenin. 
God's done many things. And, and really, that's why I've taught you guys before, really we get into the prayer of supplication, which is asking God for the things that we want. Uh, we just take the time uh, to praise him and thank him. You know, people have laughed, but it sticks in your mind that I, I suggested that your prayer time be like a Thanksgiving and praise sandwich. With all of your supplication, you're at what you're asking God for in the middle, but the, the two pieces of bread on that sandwich are thanksgiving and praise at the beginning and thanksgiving and praise at the end. At the beginning, we're thanking him and praising him for what he's already done. And at the end, we're thanking him and praising him for what he's about to do. And then all of our uh, supplication in the middle, asking God for what we need. So what happens is when you conduct a life like that, it's a constant provocation of God's goodness, his favor, his mercy, his joy, his peace. And as you stay interacting with him, then those things continue to manifest in your life. Well, what have you done? You changed your focus. You changed your focus. Your focus went from your issues, your problems, your loneliness, your depression, your anxiety, your weakness, and you flipped it. You flipped that focus onto his power, his glory, his joy, his peace, you know, all the things, his protection, you know, the fact that he'll never leave you, never forsake you. He stays with you, his faithfulness. His, and then when you do that, now my entire perspective has changed. And let me tell you, per perspective change is everything. Perspective change is everything. I'll tell you real quick, I'll give you three perspectives from the word of God that you can clearly see were uh, the difference that changed the story. Number one, the first perspective you can clearly see is the perspective of David looking at Goliath versus the army looking at Goliath. The perspective totally changed, right? So I always like to say it this way because it, it kind of makes me laugh that, that the army or Israel saw a bully and David saw a bullseye. Can't lose. Can't lose. Israel saw a bully. David saw a bullseye. Can't lose. Well, look at that. The perspective was totally different. The perspective was totally different. What was th That was the reason that they never stepped out. That was the reason they were hiding behind the foothills. Nobody had done anything with Goliath yet. Pers perspective's wrong. The perspective's wrong. And that's why David had to come and shake up the perspective. Why is everybody hiding? Why is everybody hiding? Does nobody hear what this uncircumcised Philistine is saying? As I've pointed out before, he's, he's saying that this guy's got no covenant, no covenant. And he's talking like that about our God. Uh, he's uncircumcised. He has no covenant. He's a heathen. His protection's removed. He's got no power. You see a bully, I see a bullseye. And that's what he's, the perspective is different. The reason David could do what they could not do is because, and remember, he was not doing it. 
based upon instruction from God at all. God never told David to fight Goliath. That's not even why he was there. He was there to uh, deliver bread and cheese to the captain of the guard. He was not there. He was not there to fight a battle. But once he got there, his faith got offended by what the giant was saying about the almighty God who he loved. He was a man after God's own heart. And now everything changed because you can't talk about my God that way and expect me to stay quiet about it. And so now what did David do? Now David's mad. He's ready to fight. People are trying to talk him off the ledge. He won't be talked down. He's ready to go because his perspective is what it should have been. I see an uncircumcised Philistine that is a bullseye when all of you see a battle-hardened warrior that's a bully. And I'm not, I'm not putting up with it. Perspective changed. But what was, let me ask you this, what was different in David's life that nobody else saw? And that was, it was his worship and praise life. It was his consecration life. Right? He was in the wilderness. He was in the fields with the sheep, writing psalms, singing to God, playing his harp, and just being a man after God's own heart. And all of a sudden, when he had the opportunity, God didn't even have to tell him to fight. Their relationship was so tight that he just did what was right. And the others, who knows what they were doing? Who knows if they were worshipers? Who knows if they were praising? Who knows if they did any of that? But David did. And you can clearly see that his perspective was far different than those of his brothers and the rest of the army. And God, he got mad. They got mad at him for it. You know, they were, they were ticked off. Who do you think you are? But let me give you something. That's what everybody's reaction. You see that, that often. When you step away from the pack, when you step away from what's normal, you'll experience that often. People being like, Oh, they really think there's somebody now. Really thinks, really thinks he's, oh, they really think they're powerful. And people don't like it when you step away from the pack because it makes them feel, as they should, like they are not pressing in like they're supposed to be because they're not. Because if they were, everybody would be moving in that direction, but they're not at all moving in that direction. Happens at work, happens at church, happens in your life. Doesn't matter. People have that same mindset. Oh, he thinks he's somebody. Oh, they think they're better now. And they don't, they don't like to see things going beyond normal because normal is what we're doing. We're just barely getting by and we're just doing enough not to get. That's not how we're called to live. That's not how we're called to live. So uh, when you see that, and David, David experienced the exact same thing. You're too young. Why are you talking like this? You're just a shepherd. Who's watching the sheep while you're gone? Who's watching those sheep, those few sheep? You know, go back to your very small, insignificant responsibilities. That's like what they're saying. Go back to your very small, insignificant responsibilities. That's how people want to paint you. Go back to your very small, insignificant responsibilities. Let the big boys do. And that's how people, it's that pride that they start exhibiting because of their insecurities. Don't allow it to throw you. I'll give you another perspective. Second Kings chapter six, and 
Elisha the prophet and his servant are surrounded by uh, a king's army that wants to kill them. But when they looked out, the servant saw enemies, the prophet saw angels. The servant saw enemies, the prophet saw angels. Seeing in the spirit changes your perspective. I see what God's doing. I'm not focused on what the devil's doing. I see what God is doing. I'm not focused on what the devil is doing. You know what's crazy and it blows my mind? There's so many of these guys now on TikTok, Instagram, you know, all social doing their things. And there's so much focus on the demonic. You know, so much focus on evil. I'm going to give you 19 ways to determine the name of the demon that's harassing your family. It's like, I'm not focused on the demonic. I'm focused on what God is doing. <laughs> I don't care what the devil's doing. I just saw a guy the other day getting ready to promote a thing. It's like identifying and overcoming the sexual demons that are attacking your life. It's like, <laughs> dude. I've got 13 sex demons we're going to be naming and we're going to be identifying. It's like, seriously, I'm not focused on what the devil's doing. I didn't even know there were sex demons, but I'm not, I'm not focusing on what the devil's doing. I'm focusing on what the Lord is doing. I'm focusing on what God is making happen in the earth. The only time I focus on the enemy is to destroy what he set up. But it's like, you've got people now talking about demons more than they talk about the Lord. People, it's, I don't know if people feel like they need to get viewership, so they got to talk about every weird thing you can imagine. It's like, dude, you've become weird. We all know you're weird. Stop being weird. <laughs> oh, Lord. Exactly right, Lucy. And she makes a great point. If it's not in the Bible, I don't care to hear about it. And that's exactly right. If it's not in the Bible, I don't care to hear about it. When did Jesus or the apostles ever define or locate sex demons? It's like, dude. Ugh. We want what, what did Jesus teach about? What did the apostles teach about? What did the early church hear? That's, that's what we want to focus on. Stop being weird. Stop being weird. And so, <laughs> I'm blown away. And so, <laughs> your perspective has to change. But focus yourself on Christ. Focus yourself on his word. You know, there's a song I used to sing, uh, that we used to sing growing up in church a lot. And uh, the song, it, was just, it would just say, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That was that was the lyric to the song, but when you when you understand the actual principle of that, that's what we're talking about today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in so the glory of, of Christ, the glory of God, when you are focused in on the glory of Christ and the glory of God, then everything else around you begins to fade out. Or as the song says, become strangely dim. 
strangely dim, fades out, fades away, doesn't even matter anymore because you're so focused on the goodness of God and the mercy of God, the word of God, the power of God. We're not called to focus on what the devil's doing. We focus on what the Lord is doing. We'll, have, we'll play some more soon, Lenan. I'll get the piano out when I get home. I'll be home for a couple of weeks after this, this week is over. So maybe I'll play the piano a little bit and sing. In Exodus, as the Israelites had their backs against the Red Sea, uh, the Israelites, remember Pharaoh's army was coming to get them. Pharaoh's army coming to take them back into captivity. Israelites saw opposition, but God saw opportunity. The Israelites saw opposition, but God saw opportunity. He used the Red Sea, opened it up. He didn't just use it to deliver them. He used it also to destroy their enemies all in one move. God made one move, delivered his children, destroyed their enemies. Perspective. See, that's why it's so um, important that we get the mind of Christ, that we're not focused on uh, you know, what this world system's doing. Of course, we oppose it, we stand against it, but we're focused on what God wants to do. We're focused on what God wants to do. We're focused on the power of his spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. That's why like tonight, and we've been believing for people to receive miracles. Tonight, we're gonna lay hands on people to receive miracles and believe for breakthroughs. Seeing all those people saved yesterday, powerful. 60 some people saved in those three services. Wonderful to see God moving, to see God at work. Having these testimonies come back, people healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. All things only the Lord can do. No man can do it. No man can do it. And so we're, that's why we're setting our faith. That's why we're believing. Our focus has to change. We're going to have what God said we can have. You know, it's our year to receive uh, divine possession, to be where we've never been, to do what we've never done, to go where we've never gone, have what we've never had. What's it going to take? A focus change keeping our eyes on what the Lord is doing and what he has done. And then when the enemy is trying to do or make you feel a certain way, trying to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your power, then you continue to put your eyes on, even if you're believing for the next miracle, the Lord, notice what he did. I go back to what I said at the very beginning. He put them, while they were in the middle of a miracle, he put their eyes on their next miracle. He put their eyes on the next miracle while they were in the middle of their current miracle. And then what did they do? They had the ability to turn around and look back as they were standing in faith for their next one. Their eyes kept going back to their last one. Their focus, their attention kept going back to the last one. And it kept filling their spirit. I can only imagine what that was like to, to keep coming around the walls. But every time you come around, you have your eyes on the Jordan River again, and that thing explodes in your spirit. You stand there and remember what it was like when you saw the waters changing direction. That, that, that you remember what it was like walking across on dry ground. You remember what it was like coming across the other side in a supernatural moment. That's burned into your spirit. That's burned into your spirit. And let me tell you something, the anointing doesn't 
have an expiration date and your testimony doesn't have an expiration date. I've been encouraging people with that. Put that in the comments, by the way. Put it in your notes as well. The anointing and your testimony do not have an expiration date. Neither of them do. Neither of them do. And, you, I, and I tell you this because uh, your, your testimony is such an overcoming force, your personal testimony. Every time I share my testimonies, even when I'm preaching, I feel the same strength and anointing and power on those testimonies as the day that they took place. Same anointing, same power, same authority. I feel it as the day they took place. Every time I share them, that's because your uh, testimony has no expiration date. No expiration date. And God has given it to you and put it in your hand as a weapon for the next victory that you're going to have, which is going to be powerful. It's absolutely going to be powerful. And so that's why I'm encouraging you today on this Monday as we start this new work week that God wants us to change our perspective to the things that he has done and is, a, and is about to do, he's going to do, so that you're not being dragged around. So that's what ends up happening. People start to get dragged around by the wrong perspective. They get dragged around. Their focus is on the wrong thing. And then you've got people that are on their way to heaven, people that God has saved them, turned their life around, and they're still experiencing the wrong results in their lives because their focus is wrong, their perspective is wrong. And that's why it was so important what Israel saw. It was so important what they put their face on as they were coming across. Do you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? Doesn't it seem interesting to you that the Jordan River, you know, they could have crossed it anywhere. When I, when I, when I say, what I mean when I say that is God could have done that miracle anywhere on the Jordan River. Didn't have to be right there, did it? Isn't that a, isn't that a weird thought? God could have parted the river at any point on the river. But how interesting is it to you about where God chose to part the river? Right opposite Jericho. God did a miracle in the same vicinity that he was getting ready to do another miracle. It's powerful, man. He purposely did the miracle in the place where he was going to do another miracle. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, that's so powerful to think about that, that God had a plan for multiple miracles to take place. God is doing multiple miracles for us. It's not just one thing and then done. It's not a one and done kind of God. It's an ongoing process. God's continuing to move. God's continuing to touch his people. God's continuing to heal bodies. God's continuing to bring blessing. God's continuing to show his provision. And he could have done it anywhere, but he did it opposite Jericho, where their next miracle was going to take place. It's powerful, man. It's absolutely powerful. Whew. Hallelujah. And so what are we what are we saying? That the 
the perspective has to change today. The, the focus, if you want your manifestations to change, the focus has to change. If you have to look backwards for a while, it's all right to look backwards. God encouraged his people in Isaiah to look backwards for a little while. Do you not remember when I did this and this and this and this? Don't you remember when I did this? And he's jogging their memory. I wrote about this in Further Faster. He's jogging their memory. And all of a sudden, he says, but forget all that. I'm about to do a new thing. So what's he doing? He's using the previous miracles to set their expectation again. And he says, now, if you thought that was something, forget all that. I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to do a new thing. And that's the key. Look over your life. Look at the power of God. Look at the manifestations of God. That's right, Maria. Don't live there. Move forward. That's exactly right. Because he'll only jog your memory to get you ready for the future. Not so you live in the past and become one of those people that's like 20 years out of high school, still rocking their varsity jacket and talking about how great you were at the state championship. He wants you to move forward. Wants you to move forward. And that's why he only jogs your memory long enough to prepare you for what he's about to do in your future. And this is our year, 2022. This is our year of divine possession. <laughs> you knew I was going there, Leslie. Uncle Rico. But I can throw this pigskin over them mountains. But I'm just telling you, there's Christ Christians that have an Uncle Rico mentality. No question. People don't even know what we're talking about. That's just a reference to Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Uncle Rico, living in the past. What is it? It's like, oh man, I can remember back in the day, we really had a powerful move of God. And they live there. They never pressed for any other moves of God. Our church had a real move of God in the 1980s. I'll tell you, we had a power. They're always talking about the move of God in the 1980s. Have another one. Have another one. God's not done. God's not done moving. God's not done manifesting his power. He's not, he's not on vacation and he's not collecting unemployment. God is still moving. Have another move of God. Have another move of God. Press in for his goodness and his mercy. And so what are we saying? Change the perspective. Amen, Jessica. That's right. It's going to be powerful. What God's got you getting ready to do, Jess, is going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. Amen. That's right. So I want to pray. Today we're setting our faith. We're believing that what God's getting ready to do is going to be even greater than the last things he did. We're moving from faith unto faith, from grace unto grace, from victory unto victory. Oh yeah, me too, Caitlin. Like I've never been. Like I've never been. She said, I'm so excited for this year. I've never had this kind of expectation for a year before, knowing that God's getting ready to do some amazing things. Amazing things. And I can't wait to see it when it takes takes place. But I'll, you're never going to catch me out, out of faith. You're never going to catch me outside of faith. So I don't know if it's going to work. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. I mean, you're never going to hear me on that. You're never going to he hear me uh, coming off of my my wonders, my signs. You're never going to hear me shift my, uh, my, my speaking, my believing. I'm not coming off of it. I'm going to have what God said is ours. And you're going to have what God said is yours. In Jesus' name. 
Father, I come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for the faith of every one of these people. Thank you for the extreme belief system that you've put in their spirit. It's, it's the faith of God. It's not natural faith. It's not human faith. It's the faith of God. We thank you that you've given it to us. I pray, Lord, that their faith would be honored by the power of your spirit. Lord, I thank you that you've empowered us to change our perspective, that you're causing us to look back at what you've done. Shake our spirits today, Lord. Bring to our remembrance the things that you have already accomplished in our past. And I thank you, Lord, that as we focus on your goodness, your mercy, you're getting ready to do something new that's gonna blow our minds. Open the doors, open the floodgates, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Touch your people supernaturally. Let this be an April where supernatural things break through day after day. Let there be so many miracles in April that it's not just blowing other people's minds, it's blowing our minds that you exceed our expectations. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for that. We give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, in this month of April, we have a West Virginia camp meeting that's getting ready to come up. And every year, my father hosts a camp meeting in West Virginia, just, just uh, south of Fairmont, West Virginia. And uh, at my uncle's church, Calvary Temple Assembly of God, uh, the details are, are on my website and you can go check it out. We would love to see you there uh, on a, a wonderful lineup uh, of speakers. Of course, my father and I are always there. We also have with us Bishop Rick Thomas, who is my pastor. Uh, we also have evangelist Tony Suarez that's going to be speaking, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, uh, Pastor Merrick Hufton, others. It's going to be an amazing, amazing year at camp meeting. And if you can make it, let me tell you something. You need to make it because it, it's going to be a powerful four days. It's going to be a powerful four days. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I believe it's April the 26th through the 29th. And of course, the 29th is my father's birthday. And, uh, but it's, it's going to be great. I cannot wait to get there. Would love to see you guys there. Um, and again, don't forget, this is the last week to register for Bible study made simple. If you're not yet a part of that course, you need to jump in while you can. Uh, this coming Sunday, registration closes. And then on Monday, we begin uh, everything together. All the, the weekly videos are starting to be released next Monday. It's going to be great. So bible.miracleword.com. That's how you get and check it out and, and register. I want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening to sow a seed today. Um, again, we're in the third straight week of revival, Imlay City, Michigan, and uh, over 60 salvations yesterday. Phenomenal. I got a great testimony that came back that there was a, a young man that the enemy had been attacking him. He had not left his parents' basement, I think, in eight or nine months. His father was telling me he had not left their basement in eight or nine months. And he said there was so much fear on him, so much anxiety that he would not even take a shower. He was afraid even to go in the shower. It was a total oppression of the devil, a total attack of the enemy. And I called him out last year when I was here, prayed over him. He said, not only did God turn my son's story around completely 
delivered him, but now he's driving, now he's engaged, he's getting married next month, he got his own apartment. God completely turned his life around, completely turned it around. And so I'm so thankful miracles are taking place. I wanna encourage you to sow into the move of the spirit, into what God's doing uh, in the last moments of time. Really, Carolyn and I have set our faith. We wanna see supernatural results before Jesus comes. Souls saved, people delivered, people healed. You're a part of that as you sow seed. And so as you're uh, sowing with uh, to, uh, into this ministry, partnering with this ministry, um, you're reaping a benefit, a reward of what's happening through this ministry because you're a part of it. And so if you wanna sow a seed, if you wanna stand with us in monthly partnership, go to miracleword.com. You can click the give page. If you'd like to partner with us on a monthly basis, click the partner page and, uh, and you can sow your seed there. And I wanna say thank you to everybody that's already standing with us. All those that are in the Victory Tribe, we love you and appreciate you very much. We pray for you. We're standing with you as well. And so I wanna encourage you to go and do that. Um, we have three more nights here. Again, uh, it's kind of an off time, but the services start at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you'd like to join us in these services, you'd like to watch online, 6.30 p.m. is when they're starting. Um, their worship team does a great job. Everything's done in excellence. Great, great pastor, great church family. And I, I don't, to be honest with you, if the crowd keeps growing, I don't know where we're going to put everybody because it was full last night. I'll, I'll be posting the pictures soon, but it was full uh, with chairs being set up. And so people are hungry, man. People are very hungry for a move of God. But let me challenge you. Maybe you've never partnered with this ministry before and you know that you have the ability to and you feel the Lord asking you to do it. We're standing and believing for a thousand people that'll stand with us monthly at $85 or more. And I wanna, I wanna encourage you, if you feel to be that person, do it, do it today. Go to miracleword.com and stand with us in partnership. It's amazing all that God's doing. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, I always say this, if you'd have told me two years ago, I would have just laughed and said that quickly, God will do all that through our ministry that quickly. He's done it and he continues to do it. I can't wait to share with you some of the upcoming things that we're gonna be doing in ministry. I'm very, very excited. This is truly our year of divine possession, ownership. Cannot wait, I cannot wait. I love you all very much. And um, I'll be back with you live again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. as normal. And then uh, of course tonight, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m live and revival. I love you guys so much. Have a blessed day, a powerful day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.